and guess what? I'm recording. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Will C Blogs podcast. It's your buddy, Will. I don't want to say it's your boy. It sounded inorganic. But hello, how's everyone doing? Thank you for stopping by again. Today, I have a lovely guest. It is Amy Campbell of the 3MR group. Hello, Amy. Hello, hello. How are you? Uh, trying to wake up, trying not to die. Also, it was a very awkward intro. What's a 3MR group? <laughs> okay, he's what a better... What is 3MR? Yeah, right? It's like a psychological question. No, no, no. I guess uh, here's a perfect time to kind of give the people a little bit of an intro. Who is Amy Campbell? This is getting real deep now. It's very, it's very deep for me straight up out of work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is 3MR? 3MR stands for three minute reviews. So my name is Amy Campbell. I am a content creator uh, and contributor for The Escapist, a channel on YouTube, a website. So I write articles, opinion pieces. I've done interviews, uh, but primarily I do, as we've just said, three minute reviews, uh, which is a lot of fun. I also work full time in the gaming industry. And as a fun side note, I also work in group fitness. I am a group fitness instructor as well. So there you go. That's that's Amy Campbell in a nutshell. They're questioning how did I even get you here then? It sounds like you have no time to breathe. What is going on? It's because you're an absolute, as you said at the start, you're a buddy. Like you're a true buddy. (laughs) And I could think of nothing more fun to do with my time. So I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be a good one. Oh, my gosh. By the way, while I don't while you were working, I was peeking into the stream with Casey. And I guess Tommy mentioned that the Yeats were actually live. And I was like, wait a minute. I didn't yes. know they were live on the chat. I thought you were joking. I thought it was for shits and giggles. No. Oh, oh this God, is no. great. No, I was dead serious. If, see, that's the whole thing with me. Yeats and dabs <laughs> are like my entire image. As classy as I like to think I am, I'm really not. So it's all dabs and yeats all day, every day. Like they want to nick yeat. I don't know who, who we have to pay and how much we have to pay for that to happen, but they want it. I will pay good money to hear a nick yeat. <laughs> Because he sounds so dead throughout the whole time. And oh, God, that'd be great. That'd be a good time. Oh, I had another question, but my brain's frying out. But I'll leave that for the next section. It's okay, because this is where we transition. So, Amy, Amy, what have you been up to? I know you just got out of work, and it sounds like you've been doing way, way. I don't want to say too much, but you've been busy. And I'm just curious. I've been busy. What have you been doing in your free time? Has there been any, like, personal projects? I know that you just... We didn't just recently, actually, no, still kind of recent, where you wrapped up on your Lenovo series, teaching kids about, well, adults about gaming and stuff like that. What have you been up to aside from just being the nine to five gal? Gosh, like I've been doing a fair bit of streaming in my spare time recently on my Mm -hmm. personal channel um, at SasQueenAmy over on Twitch. Oh. Uh, And I've been really, (laughs) well, there she goes already. Um, But, but I've been really enjoying it. So, like, in, in my free time, there's not a lot of that. Uh, but when I do have it, other than until, like, a few days ago, we were very lucky in New Zealand that we could go out and see our friends, and that is no longer the case. Oh, my uh, gosh. That's fine. That's fine. It's Everyone's health and safety is the most important thing. So mm-hmm. I've been really just trying to clear out my backlog, and streaming's been a really great way to do that. I set myself, like, the stupidest task of trying to 100% Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh, okay. I don't know why. Isn't that, like, a super deep investment? Yep. How how many hours have you put? Did you complete it in general, or you're just, like, doing mopping up? I I still haven't. Oh, goodness I still haven't finished it. I'm about, I reckon I'm about two-thirds of the way through. Okay. And I'm 
60 hours in. Jeez Louise. <laughs> but it's, to me, it's really calming and like I enjoy that kind of, I don't mind a bit of a collect-a-thon for me. It's a nice, mm-hmm. easy way to unwind just going around. And I really like the concept of the mysteries and that that they've got. Instead mm-hmm. of like side quests, you just go and enjoy that one minute little taster of a story that I find really enjoyable and I'm really liking about it. Mm. So I've been playing that. I've been playing some Hades on stream, which I know you hate, but that's fine. I like it. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's okay. I'm not mad. Uh, you're mad. I'm not mad. You're mad. Uh, I've been playing. We're almost at the end of Dragon Age Origins on my streams. I've I played through the other day the entirety of Little Nightmares. Yeah. What and What made you do that? This is that's totally not up your jam. Up your jam. That's not up your alley. Now. Go ahead. Knock yourself yeah, up. Yeah. So it was it was because as part of one of the new Escapist podcasts, we were like, OK, what have we all played? And obviously I'm the person that's like, I oh, know I still play Path of Exile like every night. <laughs> I, like I play the same things all yeah. the time. Uh, that's so me. in terms of like, yeah, you, you understand the feels, man. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, Nick said, oh, like, play Little Nightmares too. And I was like, you know what? Like, why not? I'll stream it. The game's out now. Like, I'll do that. Of course. And I was only going to play it for, like, three hours, but I was getting so far and the atmosphere was really cool. It was creepy and I freaked out quite a lot right at that middle point. (laughs) But I was like, no, I'm really committed to this now and I think it's a cool challenge to say to myself, no, finish it on stream. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a little seven-hour session, probably about six of that was six-ish of that was playtime. So that was really cool. It's a short so game. That, that was awesome. What was your biggest like takeaway? Because a lot of people gave me crap or not gave me crap, but they give the game crap because of the fact that the story is just open for interpretation. Did you like that? Right. I like to be honest, I think because I was playing it with a purpose as opposed to this is something I really want to play. Right. Mm-hmm. I think you do come at it with a slightly different perspective than you would if you were just playing something because it was something you wanted to play. Of course. I think it's an interesting choice that a lot of games do, especially indie type of games Mm -hmm. and the shorter types of experiences. They do kind of want to leave it open to that interpretation. I don't really have an opinion either way, to be honest. What did you think about it? I mean, I didn't play the first one, which I knew probably would have ruffled some feathers. Neither did I. You know how some people are, like the ones on the internet that are just like, you know what? I'm just going to be angry at everyone and and everything. And then from there, it's like, you didn't play the first. You don't have the right to say, you didn't mention this, that, and the third. Like somebody literally mentioned, they're like, oh, you didn't even mention, you just said six. Like who's six? Who's mono? Who are those people? I'm like, you don't know. You literally just start the game and you figure it out. If you don't look at the marketing material, you have no idea. So it's true. interesting. So true. It's it's beyond interesting for me because honestly, I'm so used to being spoon fed narratives and even things where you I'm not like a, a heavy binger, like TV shows and stuff like that. But like I'll watch like an episode or two and I'll gradually get through it. But, you know, mm. sometimes you'll get the thing where it's more like there's always that question at the end. There's some hook that's hiding. And for me, the whole thing was the hook is something yeah. going on. Like, are they are mono and six related Uh, how did mono get there like everything Mm. from the beginning was just like me trying to piece it and for me i think since i had no expectations i expected a full-blown narrative that was super refreshing to me on top of that like there's almost like i think the fun part is just going online and seeing people kind of come up with their own theories and lores and seeing it on reddit and 
That's yeah. part of the experience for me. I gave it like a pretty high rating. I would give it. I told you everyone in the thing was like almost a nine out of ten. Yeah. And that's simply just because of the fact that it's, it's one of those things where the replayability is no longer going to be there once you're finished with it. But honestly, it's something that it'd be hard for me not to want a significant other or a friend to at least try out and mm. see if that's their jam. And for me, if it's something like that, it's hard for me to not recommend or give it the praise. I think the will. The platforming was kind of wonky, but that just might have been me with lack of skill. Yeah, I really like the way you phrase that in like that's part of the experience is like when you think about it and wanting to recommend it to other people, like is this something you want other people to see and share? And the next review that we'll have like at the time of recording coming out in a couple of days from me, Mm -hmm. very similar kind of thoughts and feelings. I'm like, this is a really beautiful little experience and I do want to share it with other people and I hope other people share in that. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. Like we have the privilege to access mm. games prior to release and we also can test things that are out of our norm. And I think that's one of the yeah. things that like I when I try to recommend something to someone and I always say it towards the end of my reviews, I try to focus where it's like, well, if you're into this and that it's worth a shot. Or like maybe this yep. is worth a rental or just like a waiting situation. And I, I always notice like I end up kind of nipping it in the bud, but I wish I could almost just do that because quite frankly, ratings to me is just like not going to really do its intended purpose. People are going to be like, you gave this, this out of that. And I'm like, OK, fine. I'd rather be like, try it. Almost like there's this YouTuber, I forget his name, ACG or something on YouTube. And he does like a rent buy or wait. That's it. And I'm like, I kind of wish I could adopt that, but I I, I don't know. I mean, I also can't talk because like I'll go from little nightmares to and be like, this is so rich and it's it's a well worth investment in terms of like even getting an MSRP. And then I'll play Fortnite and I'm just like, you bought a flash skin. Yeah. Take my money. Oh, you got Grogu. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Giving money to the silliest of things. And I know people hate it. I understand. It's bad. (laughs) It's bad. I get so much shit for that. You know what? I don't get why. Like, I recently got back into uh, Rocket League. I don't know why. Actually, no, I do know why. My girlfriend and I ended up being quarantined and I had two controllers. I'm like, you know what we should do? Yes. Play something together. We ended up playing that and now she's addicted. Like, literally wants to go online and go against like bronze or gold people. I'm like, my ra- I'm honey. I'm not built for this. I am garbage. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's funny. I'm I'm assuming you must go through this with Alex. Like you're just like, let's just try something together in terms of a game, and then you know sometimes it's just like a waste of time. Sometimes it's just like, oh, this is nice. Like these things have to be normal. <laughs> well, part of our thing is it more comes down to the fact that we do have a bit of a group of people that we play with, like like Alex's friends and some of our friends, and so it often comes down to like all the bits and pieces that we're trying mm-hmm. to fit together of at any given point in time, we generally keep coming back to the same things, which mm-hmm. is both good and bad, but we'll definitely try out uh, It Takes Two when that comes out. I didn't know. Because that'll be really fun. Is that out already? I feel like that's out. Is that no. out? No. No, it's not out for for ages, isn't it? I have to Google it now. Is it? Is it? I feel like I randomly downloaded a, a free PlayStation game and was like, I'm going to play this with someone and did not play. It, it might have been another game. My brain's been fried since that quarantine. March. Okay. It All right. says, it says March, 
Because it's the same guy that did A Way Out, and I loved A Way Out. I played oh. it with someone else, but I'd, I'd like Alex to play it as well just because it was so good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited about It Takes Two because I, I really liked A Way Out. Mm. I really liked it. And no, I liked A Way Out, but my friend did not. We predicted oh, the really? story, and that's why we were like, oh, come on. Like, we made our own commentary, and that's what made it fun because we're okay. like, this is bad. But fuck it, we know it's bad, so we're gonna have fun with it. Uh, really, I liked it because I was just kind of in the moment and wasn't expecting the ending. Oh wow, we predicted <laughs> that from the beginning. Uh nah, I I was just into the experience. I hadn't been playing multiplayer games for very long, so okay. I was just with one of our friends, and he was like, oh, "I think you'd like this game. Like, like, would you like to play it together?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And oh my. God, I was a mess at the end. <laughs> Absolute mess. It's it's not like I we disliked it or hated it or anything. Like we bought it on launch. We didn't care. But yeah. it was more so just like you it's like when you know you're watching a B-list movie and you're like Right, okay. You have to kind of embrace it. And then from there yes. we literally started clowning on it because of the fact that it was a B-list movie. We're like, dude, we could have wrote this. Why aren't we producing games? Like, we had a stepbrothers moment. I'm like, I don't know. I guess we got to do something. We're slacking. That's funny. Uh, you know what's not yeah. funny? This transition, because we got to go to topics now. Perfect. Amy, I have one deep request before we continue. I reckon I know what it is, but... Can, can you just do it? Yeah, just okay. do it. Just do it. Yep. Yeet. All right, there we go. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's I like, dabbed too. <laughs> that moment itself made me more happier than when I got the PS5. There it is. <laughs> okay, wow, okay. Wow, that's bold. Hey, My listen. have that effect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I still have bug snacks installed, and I'm just like, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to do it just for right. Amy. And then when I'm done, Doesn't I'm going to show her that I can plat. Damn right. <laughs> Let's talk about today's subjects uh, or topics. And today's yeah. first topic is very fun because I saw you mm. react to it in which I initially had the same reaction. But we're talking about Borderlands and actually The Last of Us a little bit, too, because there's been a lot of yeah. our games as individual properties that are now becoming movies. Which I have iffy feelings about, but this freaking casting is amazing. I don't know how you feel about, I know how you feel about one person, just to keep, yes. there's a little clicky clack right there, There, just to keep everyone in mind, um, Borderlands, I wrote Borderlands 3, but I don't even know what era this is supposed to be, they're following, they're going within the series, and we have some casting that is notable, we have Jack Black as Claptrap, we have Kate Blanchett, I say names wrong, as Lilith, Kevin Hart as Roland, which it's a roll of a dice for me, and Jamie Lee Curtis as Patricia. Initial thoughts. I have to know. I have so many. I, my, okay. So when, cause Kate Blanchett was the first one that was announced, right? Like this was a while ago and they're like, okay, Kate Blanchett. And I'm like, my thing is I don't love Lilith as a character, but I really like Kate Blanchett, like fellow mm -hmm. Aussie, fantastic actress. Mm -hmm. Looks like her. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So, okay. We're going down that route. I mean, then they completely changed their mind when they got to Kevin Hart and Roland, but you know. I've never gotten further, like I never got deep into the Borderlands story, but if they're going with that sort of humor, I, I'm all for it because it's a perfect Roland's example. Roland's the serious one. That's I, what doesn't make sense. Roland's the serious tough guy one. Well, He's that, not the funny one. And that's what makes me semi-concerned in terms of what they're going to be doing. But also, if they're going just balls out, like it doesn't matter, they're twisting the character a little bit, or it's going to be a lot of it if they do that. It'll be fun. Well, if Kevin can deliver, I'm not going to be mad at it. 
My question was Jamie Lee Curtis. I was like, "Mm." Mm. see, I don't know this character well. The Patricia Tannis. Is that an NPC? Could you fill in the blanks or do you not know? Yeah, okay. Have you played Borderlands? Like, which ones have you played? I've played every single one, but quite frankly, all of the ones aside from, like, Handsome Jack just seems like a blur. So that might have been two. Okay. I don't know. Well, Borderlands 2. So Patricia Tannis is, like, she had a more prominent role in the first game. Now, I haven't played the first one. Okay. uh, But from what I'm aware of, Tannis's role is quite an interesting one, and I, I don't say I can't say I know tons about her, but like there's definitely more of a history in her background than some of the other characters in terms of like her relationship to the corporations in the Borderlands universe and stuff like that. Like because she because she's the one that found the vault key. Like she's the oh. one that found the vault. Yeah, gotcha. I'm pretty sure that's right. So. It's a really interesting character and I know KC disagrees with me. He's like, it's got to be for the money. And I'm like, no, because why would Jamie Lee Curtis of all people take this script? Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett, same deal. Like there has to be some weight sitting in this script mm-hmm. that makes it worthwhile for them, that makes them go, this is an interesting character that is a unique challenge for me. I don't feel like they're just doing it because, oh, video game adaptations are something different. This will be a fun challenge for me. Like, they would just go and take a role in a video game if that was the challenge thereafter. Funnily enough, I'm listening to a Kate Blanchett episode of her in a podcast with <laughs> Julia Gillard, the former Australian Prime Minister, and, like, she talks a lot about that being what she seeks in, in her work now. Like, I can't just help but think it has to be the script. It has to be some bizarre thing. So I'm quietly confident about Borderlands. And obviously, like, I love Jack Black. I'll mm-hmm. take him any day. Yep. I think it'll be really interesting to see how they transform that character into potentially being less annoying and really funny. This is something I just, I keep thinking about it. And I'm I'm really excited to see where they go with it. I always will associate Kate and Jamie Lee Curtis under the serious umbrella, even though some people may yeah. disagree with Jamie Lee Curtis because she did the Halloween windings, but whatever. That's fine. I would always put them under that umbrella. Hey, Christmas with the cranks. I would be, <laughs> if my mom listens to this, which she probably will, my parents are my biggest supporters. Jamie Lee Curtis was in Christmas with the cranks. It's our favorite Christmas movie. We watch it every year. Like It's a solid movie. So she's like top tier for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Those two, I, I consider serious in terms of yeah. the acting. Kevin Hart does have his acting chops, which is weird because mm-hmm. everyone sees him in the com- the comedic role. I honestly, when I saw that movie he did with Brian Cranston, it always slips my mind the name of it, where he's oh. like taking care of a... It's actually, I believe it's a French movie initially. It's basically Kevin Hart is a former criminal and he ends up taking care of Brian Cranston, who is like this self-made millionaire. And basically they learn from each other. It's one of those movies where people are like, this is stupid. And I'm like, no, this is great. You just have a wrong opinion. But <laughs> no, like it's 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 a serious role. And I, I actually love what he did there. So it's not like he can't do serious with Roland. I just, again, my history with it, not the, the strongest. I do know like, Obviously, Claptrap, he's my back bling when I play Fortnite, but also like my favorite little robot guy. (laughs) And then keeping in mind, like the way that Borderlands is in terms of their writing, it is top tier. Can they put that into a film? I am a thousand percent positive, but I don't know how the overall image is. Tell me. Borderlands 3 sucked. I didn't dislike Borderlands 3. 
No, I hated the story. I hated it. I hated it so much. Pre-sequel. This this is my hot take and everyone's like, it's just because you're Australian and then I go into like mad rants for 20 minutes about it. I'm like, no, Borderlands pre-sequel was the best. I liked pre-sequel the most. And yet people like vehemently disagree with me. They're like, no, how dare you like that one the most? And I'm like, no, nah, it was the best. I don't care. Uh, but, you know, I really struggled. I thought the gunplay and things was better in three, but in terms of the story hooking me, mm-hmm. it didn't at all. Like, I felt like the writing was much weaker. Which is fair. But they're not basing it on that one. So. Well, to be fair, once you had Handsome Jack, it's very hard to top yes. that, in my opinion. I wrote an article about that ages ago, like for Only SP, the first site I wrote for, because mm-hmm. I played Borderlands 3 and was really disappointed and wrote an article about how do you go about topping a character like Handsome Jack when you've crafted this villain that is just so widely renowned in gaming as being one of the best characters and just one of the most ridiculous and sarcastic and snarky. I think they tried to lean too heavily into the same ideas using different characters and it came across lacking the same impact because Mm -hmm. of that and maybe they should have tried a slightly different formula it felt like they just attached the same formula to characters with different ambitions and i thought that to me was where it let itself down when you're looking at the wider scope of things Mm. um i don't know how many of the the writers were from two to three or even in between but there was a huge time gap in between and yeah the gunplay like you mentioned it with each with each release it got stronger but if you ask me when you go that long with a gap it's like playing portal 2 right you know that the evil lady i always forget her name uh glados GLaDOS is like if they did a portal 3 who's gonna be glados i don't think it's possible especially taking enough time she's already established herself so at that point Mm. there's like a psychological reason reason like even if for some reason, they had something that was different. Once you get to that point where it's more so like, OK, but also like your brain doesn't really care anymore. Like you've already established this is it. Okay. And it's 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 very weird because I don't think it's always like that. But with gaming with me, at least I've learned once you get things like at its height and you give it enough time. And even if they change up like the formula or something, whether it be story, uh, the gameplay or, or certain mechanics, it's not going to really make a difference at the at the end for me. Like when I got yep. to Assassin's Creed 2, that was peak huh. Assassin's Creed for me. Even though Brotherhood's great and I know they go all the line and I'm only referring to like the main before it became more RPG and open the world. Main. Cuz I know the people original style. <laughs> I'm I I'm like the hippie. I'm like I liked Assassin's Creed before it was popular. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a valid opinion. I I apply it to shows I'm recently rewatching Game of Thrones and I'm like and in retrospect, once we got past the point where the books were no longer relevant to the storyline mm. and they were coming up with something different, there was enough time and there's different writers. And it's just like, you know what? You know, it's going to be different. And unfortunately, because it's different and it's not to the quality or the the, the pedestal you put it on. Unfortunately, you just kind of take the L there and you're like, ah, this is wonky. I don't have to like it, dislike it. It's just going to surpass yeah it exists you know what i mean just is yeah well that's also completely agree that it's also interesting too because the next thing we're talking about was the last of us and Mm. i just let it let it be known i have not complete the first or the second one i am literally like halfway through the first one i keep putting my controller down to play other games and they have 
announced that there's going to be some familiar faces. If you, you've watched Game of Thrones, right? No. What? No. Never mind. Podcast over. <laughs> okay. I mean, thank you for your time. Goodbye. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you've Mandalorian. I know, right? That's a thing. I, I am. I am aware of who Pedro Pascal is. But you have. You've watched Mandalorian too, right? Yes. Okay, I've watched good. the Mandalorian. All right. Good. So we have some some bases here. Um, we have some grounds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but they basically have. So we have Pedro coming in as Joel, which. Yes. I don't. I don't have a negative or positive thing about it because every time every time he comes on screen in a role, it could be a roll of a dice, you know, if that makes sense. Because they he mm-hmm. did Wonder Woman. Yeah. I was I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't really quite get into it. But then they have this other other woman who's well, young lady that's going in, uh Bella Ramsey, mm-hmm. who plays as Ellie, and she was in Game of Thrones as Lady Mormon. Mormont, I always murder names, but the thing is that she was such a badass in that show. Like she was so young mm. and she was commanding men in their 40s, 50s and higher. And she right. established herself like, I don't know, loved it. But what what is your take on this uh, casting? Does it, is it question mark for you? Do you think there's potential? I... I, again, having only ever seen Pedro Pascal in a couple of things and um, having not seen Bella Ramsey in obviously such a, a famous role, that's definitely the thing I've heard. Uh, to me, more than anything, it's more the frustration of y'all were so mean about this young woman who clearly can act, who will clearly do a phenomenal job because of her appearance, but none of you gave a damn about the male counterpart. I was like, really, people? So that that I found deeply, deeply frustrating. I'm like, oh, wow. typical though, like not unexpected to be fair. In terms of the show in general, I've Funnily enough, I kind of sit on a bit of a fence with The Last of Us Okay. in terms of how I feel about it. Like, I still kind of think about, well, how do I really feel about these characters in this story? And was it the context of me playing one gave me a different perspective mm-hmm. on how I approached it because I genuinely just wanted to get to two, like, because I knew everything anyway. All of that oh. aside, I'm quite excited for the show, to be honest, because... Because something I felt was missing was I wanted to see more of those moments that brought those two characters together Mm -hmm. to get to that moment at the end. And I would have been more excited to see a story from within that universe because I adore Abby and Abby's character and her story so much Mm -hmm. because it's a story that resonates with me. But because I'm really excited about that, what does excite me about this is, yeah, getting to see more of their the relationship between Joel and Ellie fleshed out to see more of those beautiful moments that get us to that ending peak. Mm. And I'm a big believer in I want more people to experience games. I want us to become more diverse in our audiences. And Mm -hmm. if this is an opportunity to make that happen that we wouldn't otherwise get, then 100% I'm all for it. If you ask me, because I was confused as why anyone was frustrated with the casting, I get where there's apprehension. That's fine. However, when people were getting frustrated because either Bella or Pedro, I was like, dude, we don't even know what it is as of yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for us to pass judgment, it, it's it's fine. But you're also putting yourself in that sort of box of negativity, which I don't know. I just mm. made that up on the fly. But anyone can be very critical of any piece of art or media yes. medium and just be a jerk if they want to. But quite frankly, there's nothing aside from just the announcement that could, again, cause apprehension, but to piss people off 
it's not like they did something crazy. I think rather having somebody that had like a controversial past and put them on it. That's mm. more of an eyebrow yeah. raiser. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't make sense that other people should be rightfully pissed off because they have no right, if you ask me. On yeah. top of that, I do think that I would have preferred something like you mentioned it within the universe. And this is where I sound like Nick. And even though Nick's younger than me, I'm going to mm. say I'm an old man. Nick said something recently or on a podcast talking about was it hey no it was gears actually it was talking about gears and it was talking about hive busters and how that came out and it was smaller worlds yeah. uh, smaller narratives that are drawn into it and that's you know game pass being the excellent platform to do so which is kind of similar here hbo max is i mean obviously people know of it and utilize it it's not going to be a, a, the cinema you know what i mean but mm. i think this would have been a great time to show other characters that might have been not not have enough screen time or just to kind of open up a new narrative and just kind of see like i know how people like when they get the connections where it's like oh look you know joel because da 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 like something like that would have been honestly good enough for me but i'm not yeah. i don't have any negative feelings towards it it's more so i'm just kind of tired of seeing pedro's face but he can act so i guess i can't yeah. be mad i haven't seen him act like in a super dramatic like i guess dramatic in the terms i think of like a soap opera but that's fine i haven't watched it either but have you watched in my head i'm i go to say nachos and i'm like i know it's not nachos but it's a, nacho it's libre? Just the, like in narcos narcos oh i, I don't know why i said nacho <laughs> i've never seen it no i know everyone talked about it okay, because he was in that and mm-hmm. that's the one that everyone's like he was phenomenal in it oh well then maybe i need to from what i've heard stuff. From what I've heard. That's fair. So maybe I'm just ignorant because I don't have that aspect of it. I don't really have an issue with it. If people get frustrated because they have a different accent or something like that, these are the same people that are going to be mad that people are gender swapped in different roles. Like, who cares? I don't know. I I, I can't be that critical, especially when it's new opportunities. But I don't know. Maybe I'm an optimist in that regard. (gasps) Good to be. It's rare. I'm usually <laughs> negative with everything else. I'm self-loathing, in case you haven't known that already. <laughs> oh, no. It's my thing, okay? Just like my transitioning is a thing. My voice cracked. Here. <laughs> Amy, you like games, right? I love games. I was do you love for, games? <laughs> I was waiting for, like, an opposite. Like, no, I hate it. Why do you think I review? <laughs> I don't know why I expected sarcasm. <laughs> I'm not sarcastic. Mm. Often. It's time to get back into games, though. You know, using the topic, you've seen the run of sheets, but uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about January and how that's been treating the Nintendo Switch and the PS5. Mm. More so exciting because it's like, oh, look, new numbers. And you can see how this will possibly impact the you know medium. And then it's also like, wait, no, people are spending a lot of money on things. There's still a pandemic. I'm scared. But that's just, again, negative minded me. Uh, But no, so in case you guys didn't know, the NPD actually reported that January has seen a tremendous jump in terms of video game hardware, video game digital sales, so on and so forth. But long story short, the fact that Nintendo has actually, well, this isn't actually shocking. Nintendo just destroyed January. So it's just the numbers. This is reports from Matt Piscatella. Piscatella? Okay. He was saying the Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform in units sold for the month of January. Unit sales of Nintendo Switch were the highest of any platform in a January month since the Nintendo Wii back in 2010. Wow. 
Just put that in mind. I don't know what you guys have been doing almost 11 years ago. How was I? How old was I? 11 years ago, I was like 16. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I was playing Wii Bowling. I remember that hype for that. I was and, 12. Oh, God. Thanks for making me feel old, Amy. But also throwing in the PlayStation 5 was the best selling hardware platform in dollars sold in January with the highest dollar sales total for a January month since the Nintendo Wii back in January 2009. Holy. How do people even get PS5s? I know that sounds dumb coming from you and I. (laughs) But I, you know how, I'm sorry. Do you know how hard it is to get one of those fuckers? It's nearly impossible for some people. Absolutely. And well, that's why it's quite interesting. And obviously like Australia and New Zealand stock, they were much more limited than Mm. the States. I'll tell you that much. Like we were very restricted. Like this, so this is how we got ours. So Mm. on the day the pre-orders started, Mm -hmm. we were like, we'll just wait. A little bit. Like we were working during the day or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we started realizing that like everyone had sold out and we went, oh, we can't use any of the normal avenues we'd usually get them from. So we were like, okay, who's still got them? And so we picked kind of more of a left field one. So more of a electronics in general. So okay, like you're kind of more homewaresy. You play, you know, your kind of places that do your whiteware and so your dishwashers and your fridges and all of that we got it from one of those and so it meant day one was delivered on our doorstep because admittedly there was some weird communication there so whilst it wasn't a perfect experience it meant that we got one whereas our friend that ordered one earlier in the day at Mm -hmm. eb games so Mm -hmm. primary retailer it's essentially gamestop the better gamestop <laughs> but it's owned by gamestop yeah i know but like eb games i, I have a friend in it's, canada it's, it's good it's a different ball it's game good. into the gamestop garbage we deal with here in the states but please continue <laughs> yeah so like it ordered one from them and they were like i'm sorry you're not getting one and Oof. you know that was really hard so it meant a lot of people here in particular like turned to scalping and stuff to get them so it's really interesting to see numbers like that and go are these numbers inflated by the fact that had there been more stock available could that have even been higher or mm. is this purely you know pre-orders that were fulfilled in january like what do those numbers specifically mean and i mean obviously it's just all speculation but regardless it's impressive because like you said it's so hard to get one well the nintendo thing is kind of not so shocking simply just because of the fact i don't know nintendo just does things and they do it well enough where they just skyrocket in terms of hardware and i get it you want to play mario you got it that's how you do it you want to play smash that's how you do it I don't really fall into like that category as hardcore. I do get why people got into it, especially if we're going back like even a year. Switches were like nearly impossible to get because of the fact that, well, everyone was grabbing it up. At the time, only people could get um, Nintendo Switch Lights, which is like the redheaded stepchild there, but still enjoy it. I think it's the cutest thing, but I don't know a person who prefers the light over the original. Yeah, I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I'll like that right now, I'm, I'm not one of those people. The one thing is like I see that turquoise one, and I'm like, damn, I really want a turquoise switch for no reason. Like I'm, I'd play it for Pokemon <laughs> and be done. I can't play Smash because people would need additional controllers. I'm attached to the thing. Like, uh, it's not gonna be the best thing. But that's not entirely shocking. The PlayStation one, I can't seem to wrap my brain around it because I don't know if I told you my story of getting the PS5, but. I literally ended up getting it out of luck because I remember Walmart sold out immediately. 
My only yeah. my only luck was Best Buy because Target was doing random ones in the middle of the night, and we're talking like four a.m. where I'm at, and I'm like, I'm not waking up or not going to bed for a console. That's I my sleep mm. is precious, so no, <laughs> especially as I've gotten older. <laughs> but no, I uh, I think it was uh, Best Buy ended up saying they tweeted saying that we're gonna have a stock tomorrow certain time. I go, I'm listening to a stream, and literally as soon as that guy says do it, bye bye bye. I'm doing it and I'm hitting refresh. Everything's selling out and I'm still there 30 minutes later hitting refresh, attempting to get to cart. And I somehow was able to pick it up. And Wow. Oh, and it was a terrible experience because I went to the location. The way that people were looking at me, it was as if I stole the national treasure or like had a billion dollars just there. They were looking at me like fresh I guess. And the the worst part is people got very salty because they thought I was buying two PS5s. And I'm like, no, I bought the digital and they ended up giving me the disc version. I'm like, I didn't get the disc version. So there was a little bit of a a little shuffle. And people were like, well, is he getting it? This, that, and the third. Meanwhile, people were walking out with Series S's and Series X. Nobody's batting an eye. 70-inch televisions. Nobody's giving them a damn attention. Me? Just a, a chubby Puerto Rican kid? Boom. He has a PlayStation. Kill him. That's how I felt trying to get out of that store. So it was pretty bad. But I'm just very much confused because I know people who are still attempting to get it. And the Mm. only thing I can see is what's sad to say scalpers just beating the system. I I don't know. I'm going to assume that's the only way these numbers are factored. Like they don't adjust it because of that. There's no way to really tell it apart. So it's kind of shocking to Mm. me, but also not so much that it's the best selling hardware, but just like. I how are these numbers coming from is this 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 is just on in the US, by the way. So I have no idea what this looks like outside of the US. But yeah, to me, it's balls to the walls. Crazy. And then even funnier. Well, not funnier. This I found interesting. So he continues in his thread. He goes, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was was January's best selling game. And it was crazy. been the best selling game in the US each month since its launch in November and now ranks as the 20th best selling video game in US tracked history. Wow, that's weird. I didn't buy Cold War. I don't know people. I know people who bought it for zombies, but that's mind blowing to me. And to me, it's the same thing as getting sports games. Every year they're going to come out with something. You just get it when it's Mm -hmm. on sale. I don't know if that's just my mentality. I've only bought last year's, well, last year being not being Cold War, but the year before that. I had that one. Yeah, I had that one. Just because our friends were playing it. So I was like, oh, I'll just hop on and play it with them. So that was the only reason I bought it. Like, otherwise, it's not something that necessarily interests me. So I'm like, eh, there's no point. I just chalked it up to the US being aggressive and needed to shoot something. I don't know if you do this within your reviews. Like, this is a different pace. This is something different, like much needed, refreshing, and definitely something worthwhile in comparison to your regular AAA title. And I feel like I always write that. And this is the game I'm always referring to, Call of Duty. I don't know why. It's like a subconscious thing. And I don't I don't even know people who play Call of Duty that much anymore. I thought it was a dying breed, to be honest. But what do I know? This number says otherwise. Absolutely, it does. And this will make you feel better. Second best selling game, Valhalla. Mm. Second fastest selling Assassin's Creed franchise release in the US. Trailing only Assassin's Creed 3. I didn't know Assassin's Creed 3 was that popular either. No, no. The thing is, no one does, but yet there's this kind of like, not even underground opinion, but people do seem to be like, no, 3 was really good. I really enjoy Valhalla. I enjoy it. To me, it's just comfort food. It's a good good game. It's probably started 
to get some drops in sales prices, which might be why gotcha. some more people have been able to pick it up. I don't know. I, I don't know. I want to say that I, I'll eventually get these Assassin's Creed, well, Valhalla specifically. You won't. I will, but I just, I've learned from my mistakes. No, actually three I skipped out because I ended up getting games with gold with that one. I bought Syndicate on launch. Like Syndicate's on launch. great. I played two minutes. I haven't played it since. Oh, I like Syndicate. No, Syndicate's I good. Syndicate's I don't think good. it's bad. It's just I haven't like that. I've There's so many Assassin's Creed stories. I'm like, I have to finish yeah. this before I go to this. And I've, I might have had the wrong approach because they're all separate entities. Aside from when they go past the Ezio thing, which I'm going to assume Ezio but, died. I, it's not much of a spoiler. The man looked old in Brotherhood. So I didn't know what happened. Well, you- well, considering that all of the games are set in like a modern day anyway, you can safely bet that, that at some point Ezio <laughs> dies. No, I want him to be alive. If you do try the RPG ones, you can safely skip Origins and just go to Odyssey. I think I own Odyssey, so that's good. Odyssey I loved. Like, I love Cassandra, and I really liked Odyssey, which is why I'm like, yeah, like, I'll play Valhalla. Doing it, I like Eivor. I think it's a bit of fun. Can you choose your gender in the latest one, too? Yes. I love that. Because once I saw the other dude, I'm like, I'm tired. You go into the art, the same dude, it's like, oh, me, strong, powerful man. And I'm like, well, I want strong, powerful women. Oh, uh, yeah, no, these two are way better if you play as Cassandra or female Eivor. Like, it's way, way more fun. My logic is this. I've now come across where my, my friend actually from the UK mentioned this to me. He was saying, I've equated my purchases to every dollar should equate to every hour I would put into the game. That's how I get my money's worth. So if a game is going to give me 60 hours, I'll get it on launch. I don't know if that's the best okay. approach, but... It does save me quite a bit of money because there's so many games. I totally would have been the the guy who was like, I want to play Cyberpunk. I would have fell into that trap so easy, like millions of people. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> glad I missed it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the last thing, I didn't want to forget this one. Animal Crossing New Horizons, the fifth best-selling title. I've never played Animal Crossing aside from, I think that there was a DS version. I never quite gotten into it because the guy, the the mayor or the mole was very, very disrespectful to me. And I'm like, I don't need this. I'm so much better than this. I'm better than this. I don't have you played any Animal Crossings? I have, and I I loved them. Oh, I heard I, they're amazing. I adored so when did I play? I played from the first DS one. So I played, oh, I think it was called New Leaf. Mm, yeah. And then I loved and adored City Folk. City Folk was probably my favorite. Uh, Mm -hmm. which was on the Wii. And I just really liked some of the extra little concepts that were introduced there and and the way they were implemented, I really, really enjoyed. And then when it came to, I had whatever one came after that too on like the 3DS, I didn't play a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And when it came to New Horizons, I think because it was so popular, this sounds so stupid, but my experience of it and what I loved about it was always me playing it my way Uh And then all of a sudden, everyone I knew around me had it and was going, well, I've got this many bells and I'm doing this. And Uh, I hated it. They took the fun out of it. Because I'm a really competitive. It did. It really sucked the joy out of it for me because I just wanted to collect all my furniture and Mm -hmm. just level it up in my slow little way. And everyone around me was trying to do the most efficient thing. And yeah, to me, it, it took away what I loved about it because... All of a sudden I was like, well, I feel like I'm now not playing it the right way. I know that's really silly and it's on me, but I'm quite competitive. And whilst I don't care if I don't win, 
I did find it really upsetting that everyone was kind of ongoing, well, what have you done? What have you done? I'm like, well, no, this is just something I liked playing. Now you're all playing it this one way. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I really struggled with that and fell off of it pretty hard because of that. Yeah. I think if I revisited it now, I could probably enjoy it a lot more. But it definitely had a big impact on me when it came out, which is so stupid, I know. Like, I know it's silly and I know that's on me and no, not other fine. people. Listen, but yeah. that's the equivalent of having a game like The Sims and have it where it's online focused and then everyone's drawing comparisons. That sort of game is supposed mm. to be appreciated at your own pace. So in reality, yes. if someone else is making it like a competitive thing, I guess the best way it sounds silly is just like, okay, well, I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. And then if you want to just visit my island, come visit. But it's not like an esports game and it shouldn't be approached, <laughs> especially when you look at it in terms of like, I know people who literally only bought a Switch because of the pandemic and mm. they've easily dove 40, 60, Lord knows how many hours. I think that's the best way to do it. Just kind of enjoy it as if it is a single yeah. player game, because in reality, you're going to ruin your fun for other people. Screw that. So if you do jump into <laughs> it, totally knock it out. I think you might enjoy it. I, I recently had my girlfriend, her band, uh, her other bandmate, which is her cousin, too, who <laughs> bought it. And uh, Julie put in she was like, I put in like 40, 60 hours. And I'm like, and you don't consider yourself a gamer? And she's like, yeah, nah. I'm like, well, if you ask me, you enjoyed it, you played it and you revisited after the pandemic. So, yeah, she's a gamer. I don't know. You know Absolutely. what I do know, though? Go ahead. You know what I'm going to say? That we need to transition. We have to transition. I'm such an old man. I've gotten to the point where I don't care. If I if I can somehow get Jack Packard to do my transitions, as in like a soundbite, I'm just going to utilize that. The voice? Every time. That would be fantastic. I'd have to commission him. It'd be a great idea. You know, it's not a great idea. What the hell we're talking about? <laughs> third object, our third topic today. It's more of an op-ed question, but we're focusing on next-gen gaming and how that's, mm. well, it's now current-gen, which is weird but how the pricing has impacted or is going to be impacting the newcomers to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X when they jump into bigger games. I also linked in for something where uh, Amy could see in the Business Insider article that's listing all this stuff. Yes. You totally don't have to look at it because it's very simple. Yeah. We all know these things. Getting a brand new game usually runs 60 USD and it's been like that for a solid chunk of time. It says 15 years. And now this is what really sparked it when they announced the new Ratchet and Clank. And, Recently, yeah. And they were talking and they were saying it is 69.99, 70 USD. And that struck a nerve, not only with me, but a couple of other gamers was like, oh, I forgot this was a thing. <laughs> and it's not like we didn't know about these things, because specifically, I know a lot of people who play the basketball games like an NBA series, 2K specifically, and they knew it was coming with next gen. They didn't care because they spend over $100 a year for a game that's pretty much just a reskin. But whatever, this isn't my controversial take. <laughs> my question is because you live in a whole different part of the world. I don't even know mm -hmm. what your pricing looks like. Um, mm -hmm. But what is your take? See, I I have kind of mixed feelings about it. And I'm going to quickly bring up the just on my screen. I had it up before and I got rid of it. Sure, bring it up. 
I want to say with exact clarity the prices for games in Australia and New Zealand. So in New Zealand, they are more than Australia and they're both considerably more than sync. So I'm an Australian. I currently live in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And boy, when I look at the PlayStation 5 prices, it's vomit. Like you want to vomit a little bit. How much did you pay for yours? Hold on. I want to Google search these things. How much was our PlayStation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God! Um, eight hundred. Wait, what? Nine hundred. Eight hundred. Eight hundred. What's what's your what's your currency over there? Hold on. New Zealand dollars. Oh, they have NZD. I'm assuming then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight? So NZD. Ooh, no, I'm pretty sure that's how no, much the physical no. retails for. Yeah, but that's that's a that's a. Uh, I guess it could I'm not be Alex worse, but it's, it's, I can't remember. It well, it's the equivalent for USD here, according to this website. It says it is. Almost seven hundred dollars, six hundred and ninety-four, six ninety-five. If you're rounding up, yeah, okay, that's about right. Well, and then taxes over here too would be a very, very pricey, boy. Oh, but see, that includes tax. Well, that's I guess that's not as bad. You know what I mean? Because taxes, depending on what state you are, like for me, it's closer towards almost. I always just round up to like nine or ten percent just to know what I'm spending. But oof. Okay, so what does that impact in terms of games? Let me see. Let's do so. That. If you were looking at buying some new games mm. for some of the new games coming out this year, so if you were really looking forward to Returnal okay. or Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, it's $140. What? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? <sighs> so one game is $140. Um, mm. you, you, there's some variation there, like Outriders Day 1's 110, Deathloop's 120. Mm. Um, Back for Blood's 110. Hogwarts Holy. is 130. Why? It's listed for 130. Oh That'll probably gosh. change. I don't know. Australia, similar thing. You are looking at EB Games. Okay, so Ratchet and Clank in Australia is 125. Mm. So typically we were paying about 100. So we would pay $100 for a game. That's not unusual. Uh. So your $10 increase is a 25 fast about a 25 30 dollar increase for us oh no down in the in the pacific region now to me i think the change between and again i don't particularly know games are already such a luxury right true but like think about the fact that the console cost 800 but a game's like an eighth of that not even like Mm -hmm. a sixth it's wild like it's a wild concept and i think to me the big thing is a hundred dollars is a lot it's mm-hmm. a big number. So the difference between us swapping it from 110 to 125, well, they were already so highly priced that it was a luxury anyway, and you're only going to get one at Christmas, you know? Like, True. They're not something that people are being able to outlay more, and I know that it's the same with their 60 to $70 range anyway, but 60 is still something that seems like, okay, I am purchasing this for my console and I'm going to play it. And the second you swap over into 70, you're just going that bit too close to 100 for it to not become a really inflated price for everyone. Yeah. Regardless of who you are or where you're from. And and so for us, I think because it was already so high, it's a slightly different conversation for us because we're like, yeah, we were already spending a crap load anyway. For us, it's just like, oh, whatever, it's an extra 20 bucks. Like, I was going to buy the game anyway. It's 20 bucks, 20 bucks. And even though it's a lot and that $20 will make a massive difference for a lot of people, the people that could already afford the 100 it's already something that you're consciously making a choice True. to enjoy the medium at that point. Fortunately, there's a lot of smaller indie games and things around now, so things like 
the price, like honestly, I've seen so many games that I've played that I think they've underpriced. And mm. I've thought the devs have put way too much work into this experience and the amount of time I am getting out of this experience for this to be $20, you know? And so I think it's really hard. I think whatever way you look at it, like everything I've just said aside, whatever way you look at it, it's crap. It does push it further away from being accessible to more people. And I think that really sucks. And mm. it's going to be a matter of time before people actually get to see and enjoy these. But it's going to be a matter of time more than anything else. It's a hard one to really talk about, but it's crappy. But the cost is probably about that now. I mean, in reality, if you go to a musical theatre show or you book tickets to a Broadway performance or something, you're looking at, you know, I think we constantly correlate it to movies without mm -hmm. ever considering other mediums and how the payment goes into that. And so I think musicals are almost and plays are probably almost a closer thing because you're looking at like a hundred bucks for your ticket. And that's a two hour experience, but we understand that it's going into paying the performers for a consistent run, the venue cost. We understand all of those things and those prices have gone up over the years and we haven't batted an eyelid, right? True. And I think games almost are more akin to that in that it's sat in the same place for so long that that's why we're fighting so hard against it now. Rightly so. We want games to be accessed by everyone, but production costs have gone significantly up. We haven't acknowledged that. So it's hard because I do understand it from both sides, but I think it's because we relate it to a, you know, $10 movie ticket as opposed to something that's required all of this time because only a certain amount of people can see it because of limitations like hardware. No, that's, you're on the money. Holy, I wish I'm going to have to add an applause thing out here because you just went on a rant and <laughs> I am agreeing to everything. I agree. And, and it's very, very wonky because I, I want to say like, First and foremost, as somebody who is able to anyone who's able to purchase a brand new game off of the first launch date or for launch yep. week or whatever, that that's a blessing or a privilege, shall I say, to even do so. And the thing with me, and it's great that you mention musical theater or theater in general, because like it, this vastly different experience and it's yep. shorter and obviously you're not going to be getting the same, I guess, I don't want to say bang for your buck because that's going to be within the eye of whoever purchased the ticket or game, mm -hmm. but more so you're not going to get the same runtime or length. And it's perfectly fine. I think where things become a little bit critical and it's weird because I kind of told this line is more so just at the fact that there's at least here in the States. It is really bonkers to really have any sort of any sort of additional hobbies, because nowadays, unless yeah. it's free, it, it's nearly impossible. And to put things into perspective, like I know friends who live in states where they their minimum wage or whatever they're earning mm. is let's just give a rough thing around ten dollars an hour yeah. at that to just literally buying a brand new game and having the next gen experience if you're fortunate to do so. And that's a whole shift of their life. And that's a day. Absolutely. And that's you. It's weird because I don't think a lot of people when making these purchases, you don't equate your time as money unless you're like an entrepreneur. Then it's definitely the first thing on your mind. Time is money. Yeah, no. So but the thing is, is that when it comes down to it, I don't think a lot of people will uh, attach that sort of mindset when it comes to these experiences. And as things have continuously gotten more, you know, expensive, a lot of things in terms of either work or just 
well, with the pandemic, it's been very hard. A lot of people have been cutting back on things. I know people who had to sell their yep. rig because of the fact that they couldn't afford rent. And that's Absolutely. insane because one, no, it shouldn't be like that. And then two, to have it where you actually have to like equate and think in a different mindset. I know it sounds weird. It's first world problems. It's so confusing and it's it's, it's a little bit mind blowing because when I buy a game and I spend my money that I think I don't think too much about it as long as I know like I'm going to get my value as where some people yeah. literally cannot access the game because funds Maybe they're not readily available or maybe just because of the fact it's not a wise decision at the moment. So it's weird for me because I know I'm obviously going to be complaining, saying that, yes, having that hefty price tag. And I can't even imagine how the hell you would buy anything over there in New Zealand and not automatically think, holy crap, this is a big chunk of change. I feel like every purchase I made would be like, ooh. I mean, obviously, in it terms is. of tech. It, is it like that when you're just doing anything outside of like gaming stuff? Like if you're buying like a piece of furniture, it's just, I mean, I guess a furniture is a bigger example, but more so like if you're buying what's become fairly inexpensive now, like I guess a, a, a TV or something along those lines in comparison to where it was, where buying a, a 40 inch TV years ago could have possibly been mm. close to $700. Now you can get them for like $200. I mean, I'm going to assume even then you're still putting your thought process into, well, is this the best bang for my buck? And is it necessary? Is that a thing that's I'm going to assume you do that, right? I'm not the only person who does this, right? Yeah, no, you're definitely not. My, My main thing of what I'm trying to wrap back into is the fact that I know people put their time, their life, their pretty much livelihood into creating projects, whether you're an independent studio or you're just a programmer or whatever your specific job is, and you crunch most of the time because that's something that's not even acknowledged. You've crunched your ass off and you put it through. So it's not that I don't want to see your company be able to make so-and-so thing, hopefully, if you're able to return, if you're an ongoing person like that. It's not like I don't want them to be obviously financially viable and be successful. Rather, I just think because of the fact that a lot of things are, at least in this day and age, that $10 price is going to be so limiting to others. And then on top of that, when you're accustomed to something, again, 15 years and there's a price hike, I don't know, maybe my approach is more so like it isn't worth all that, especially when thinking about how they have free updates and you no longer have to pay for an upgrade. Rather, I know specifically like Cold War, if you wanted to buy Cold War on the Xbox, you needed to buy a specific edition. You have to shell out the additional 10 or whatever the price looks like. That was cheeky, whereas everything else is just like, no, nah, here you go, have the upgrade. Like, Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird because now we're in like this weird gray space where it's like, do we pay for it? Is it something that should be included with older games? And then newer games, it's just like a privilege. Not entirely sure. I just don't think I like the trend of adding the additional money because of the fact that it's going to end up limiting people. Yeah. And then on top of that, if I need to purchase this game immediately because friends and family, like it's one of those sort of crazes where you jump on and enjoy. And there's rare, rarely a game that's that's done that. I think the only two games that did that within the last year for me was Among Us and Fall Guys. And even then... Mm. How much did that cost? And it was going towards a smaller team. I'd spend all my money on the DLC and not even think about it. I don't yeah. know. <sighs> my brain's is shutting down slowly. I don't know if you can hear my energy declining. <laughs> it's just like, 
<laughs> right? It's like the Mac sound or like the PC. It's like, do, 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 do. <laughs> but that's fine because we're going to actually cut right here as we're ready to say goodbye to Amy and wrap up. It is time to say goodbye, everyone. We've been chit-chatting for a lot, but thank you so much for agreeing to chit-chat with me and deal with my rambling and making me sound not so... Well, I sound dumb anyway. So making you sound better. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much for inviting me on. I always enjoy our banter and our chit-chat. So, yeah, really interesting discussion. And, yeah, just glad I got to be a part of it. So thank you so much. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't wait till the next time we do a 3MR. It's going to be so great. We're just going to yell at each other. Probably make fun of Nick. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but while I have you here, this is a perfect time to self-promote anything you have coming out. Or if you just want to throw in a little message of kindness, whatever, the floor is yours. <laughs> Well, pretty much you can catch any of my like self-promotion-y stuff over on my Twitter, which is just at SassQueenAmy. Otherwise, nothing too crazy from my end. Thank you so much. I hope you're all staying safe and staying well, being kind to one another. And I will leave you with one thing, and that is just go and be kind in a smaller community somewhere in the gaming world today. There's so many of us involved in it. And it can be really tough and toxic at times. So just go leave just a little sprinkle of kindness or positivity or love in someone's chat room on Twitch or YouTube or something today. My heart, it just grew three times bigger. Ah, thank you so much for that message. And of course, guys, you know where to find me. I'm kind of the name. We'll see blogs. It's literally everywhere. I say it. I don't like self-promoting. But if you Google me and you need to find me on a certain platform, chances are you can find me there. And share this with people if that's a thing. I think there's five star ratings. I don't know if it matters. I'm just doing what the people say at the end of podcasts and stuff, okay? <laughs> but thank you so much. And I guess we'll catch you next time. But before I say goodbye, special shout out to Amy's mom and Amy's dad. And now I say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.